Hey everyone, Mario Barecki here, and I am known as the Conversation Guy. I'm also the founder of MediaMar, and at MediaMar, we help thought leaders craft and distribute conversations that convert. I believe everything starts with a conversation. I believe conversations are the most powerful way to create connections, to create relationships, and to create opportunities with each other. So everything has a basis in conversation. And on this podcast that you're about to listen to, I'm going to have 10-minute conversations with thought leaders to do just that, create relationships, create opportunity, but more importantly, to convey value, value from them and their perspective and how they operate on a daily basis, and to really tell a story that can bring some value and positivity tips, tricks, ideas, what have you, to your life to make it better. So sit back, relax, buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride. I know those things don't quite go together. Sit back, relax, and buckle in. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to get the conversation started right now. And as always, don't forget, if you like what you hear, please rate and review our podcast. I am super excited. We have a very special guest here with us today, and I love having fun, unique guests on the show. And this person has no exception. She's super unique, especially with her business. It's really, really cool. And she has a great personality. We just laugh when we're taught when we talk and it's just so much fun. She always brings such a great energy to the conversation. Her name is Jonna Willoughby Lure, and she's an artist, poet, musician, and entrepreneur based in Buffalo, New York. Her company, Papercraft Miracle specializes in handcrafted paper art and gifts that bring meaning to people's lives. Jonna founded Papercraft Miracles while still in college in 2003, and she's been building the brand ever since. She was awarded a $25,000 Ignite Buffalo Small Business Grant in 2018 and was named 40 Under 40 for stationery and gifts from Stationery Trends Magazine in 2019. She's also very involved in the entrepreneurial space. She's a board member and chairs the membership committee of the National Association of Women Business Owners, uh, Buffalo Niagara Chapter, and is a founding member of the chapter's Diversity and Inclusion Task Force, working to promote equality and representation for all women business owners. She's also the host of the Reach for the Stars podcast, so she hosts her own podcast, which you should absolutely check out. It's a collection of conversations with cool people who do cool things. Each week, she brings inspiring stories of persistence, passion, and purpose. You can find more about her at her website, papercraftmiracles.com. So go there, check her out. You can also connect with her across all social media. You can find those links in the show notes. Jonna, welcome to the program. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm good. I'm You're good. always so happy. I love it. I try. I try. You know, like what's the use in being a Debbie Downer? I don't know. <laughs> There's enough of that in the world. Is that just your natural disposition or is it something that you actively work on every day? I think it's my natural disposition. I mean, I, I tend to react to most things with, with humor in some way. So even when the world seems like really, really awful, I'm just like, well, you got to laugh because you might as well. I love it because I'm very similar and I, you know, I've been known to always find the positives in every situation. And I will be honest with you. That is my natural disposition. I always just look for and gravitate towards the good things. But that does make a lot of people angry. I've come to find I have to censor my positivity in some situations because if someone's having a bad day and you bring up something good, they get really mad. It depends. It depends. Cause it's like, there's, there's such a thing as like toxic positivity where people mm -hmm. like pretend that bad things don't happen and pretend that they're, everybody can be happy all the time. And the, like, I think a lot of that tends to kind of negate the issues that a lot of people have with depression and, and problems like that. And, yeah. you know, like there are definitely a lot of people out there who just 
no matter what happens, they just can't be happy all the time. And I don't think anyone should really be happy all the yeah. time, but I, I do try to find some kind of positive aspect in the crap that does happen in the world because crap yeah. is going to happen. And, and I think it's, it makes life easier if you can try and find, at least find a lesson in it. It doesn't need to, you don't need to necessarily be happy that, you know, you're grieving something, but, um, but finding some way that you can learn and grow from whatever happens to you, I think is, is really key to having a good life. Yeah. I don't think I have the toxic positivity. I mean, I can be a realist and recognize things, but I'm always like, well, that really sucks. But on the flip side, there's this. Now, it still sucks, but not quite so much. Yeah. That's kind of the way I look at it. But, yeah, even that tends to kind of get people in a bunch sometimes, depending on what the situation is. However, I love meeting someone like you who is always happy. <laughs> or any, any, At least when we've talked, you've always been happy and likes to laugh. And, and with your work especially, your work, you're an artist, you're a creative and with what you do, you need to bring that lightheartedness to what you do because I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, it makes you better. It makes you express, you can express yourself in a more colorful, fun, exciting way, which is really integral to what you do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I don't know if you ever took one of those Enneagram tests to figure out what your behavior personality is, but I am the enthusiast. And I think that anyone who knows me knows that it's not surprised by that. But I just, I just tend to get really passionate and excited about anything that I, that I'm doing. And, you know, if I believe in something and it's something that I feel is worth sharing, it's not difficult for me to get really, really excited about things. And, and I love being able to share with people and connecting with people. And I totally get all of my energy from sharing what I have with other people and then like getting their energy back from it. So I think a lot of that kind of lends to my, I don't know. I don't know if it's bubbly effervescence or I just have a really kind of chilled out, kind of uh, laid back type of personality. I mean, I don't take a lot of things too seriously because, you know, why take life so seriously? It's not permanent. <laughs> I, I think we should all strive for more bubbly effervescence. You know, I love that. it's not just for seltzer anymore. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but one of the things that I also love that caught my attention really quickly about you is I love when people take things that are not that seem to not be so exciting, but then can put their own personal twist on them and make them super exciting. Like for example, you have a passion for paper. Mm -hmm. You love paper. Paper is just like an everyday thing. People probably don't even think about paper that often throughout the day, and they probably touch it hundreds of times a day. But you look at paper and you turn it into these incredible pieces. Like my, I think I asked you this before, but I'm going to ask you again. What about paper gets you so excited? Like when you first looked at it and went, I wonder what I could do with that. Like what spurred that, <laughs> that idea? I, I have always created things with paper ever since I was a little kid. And I know that I get a lot of that from my mom. She was a collage artist and rubber stamp artist. And, and she did a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, back before there was Photoshop, she like did like hand cut layout and things like that. Um, and I always would make my own journals and would do my own collages and made my own folders at school and like all that kind of stuff. And, you know, my mom used to make fun of me and be like, what is with you and the adhesive? Like you're all about things that stick together and, and building things out of paper. And um, so I, I definitely got into it as a kid. And when I went, uh, when I went away to college, I had initially intended on being a poet and a writer. And as soon as I set foot on my college campus, I was like, man, I need to like 
mixed up. Like it's, I need to do more. And I took um, a bookbinding class my first year and a papermaking class. And the first time that I learned about um, artist books as an art form, it's where the form, the design, the materials, um, the words, the illustrations, how you interact with it all work together to make one bigger concept or a bigger idea. And I would, as soon as I learned about it, I was like, oh my God, that's what I've been trying to do forever. You know, like a way to take um, a poem and make it interactive and make it more than just hearing a poem or reading it on a page. It's like, and it's more than a painting. It's more than a drawing, you know, you have to interact with it. And it's like your own experience of how you um, perceive the artwork all goes in to create the meaning that it's for. So um, I just love how versatile paper is. And after my first paper making class, I put my hands in that giant five gallon bucket of most people would say gross, disgusting paper pulp. It's like goopy liquid. Um, but I was just like, man, this is my jam. Like I have some kind of innate connection to paper and like I just know all the different ways that I can work with it and it's you could do so many things with it and I just love that because you actually you take it a step further you don't just make things out of paper you actually make your own paper yeah we which do is that. super mm-hmm. cool yeah <laughs> was that we something... make paper out of all sorts of stuff which is fun yeah was that something like that you've always like when you got into this and you were like creating things you're like man i just want to make the actual paper or were there specific types of paper that you wanted to work with that you couldn't find so you just had that of necessity make it yourself um i definitely wanted to make the paper myself i did my stepmother had that like one of those at home paper making kits when I was a kid that we did once. And I was like, man, that was so fun. And then when I went to college and saw that they actually had a hand paper making course, I was like, man, I want to learn how to do that for real. And, um, there's just something it's, it's such a Zen art. Um, most book arts really is. And it's, it's, it's all arts that can, can be learned. The basics can be learned by anybody. Um, and then it's like, once you learn the basics, the creative part comes in as to, you know, these techniques, what can you do with them? How can you put them together, um, to do things that don't exist or have never existed before. And so I just, I really liked, um, I like the process of paper making. I like how it feels. It's very, you do this step until it's finished. And then you do this step until it's finished and you can't rush any of them and it just you know how some people get that like runner's high where they're like oh I forget about everything and it's just I get in the zone I don't even realize I've run 200 miles or whatever um which is never me um but paper making is totally that for me I mean I just I just get lost in the process and like all of the crap in my brain just goes away because it's like you're just doing the process and I just love that and we make paper out of so many different things that most people would never even think about it's like we use fabric scraps and we make paper out of plant material and we make paper out of egg cartons and you know a lot of repurposed material that we source from other companies that are going to throw it in the landfill and we take it and repurpose it and make paper out of it and then we make stuff with the paper that we make out of it so it's cool that's so cool and yeah, I like when that runner's high that you were talking about we referred I've referred to that many times on the show as flow state when you get into flow and mm-hmm. you just let it flow. And it's like one of those things where, and this probably happens to you when you're making paper. It happens to me when I'm like working on certain pieces of content and doing certain things that I'm super engrossed in. You put your head down, you start working and you're so focused. And then all of a sudden you look up and it's like six hours later and you're like, where did the time go? What happened? Is that what you're, is that what you're referring to? I definitely get in that flow state for sure. I think that's part of my favorite thing about creating in general 
And I have a, a line on my website that says there's something about handling paper that sends me to the moon and brings me back to earth at the same time. Yeah. And like that feeling of kind of just being without thinking is really miraculous for me. And I try to channel that feeling of, of being part of a miracle and just, just being one and taking my energy and putting it directly into the things that we're making. And then that energy goes to the people who we send it to and the people who buy it from us and the people that they give it to. And like just the, the continuation of our energy and our love and our passion for what we do goes into the products that goes out into the world. And, and the people who receive the, the things that we make are like, man, this is cool. And they learn about the story where it comes from. And then they tell somebody else when somebody else sees it and they're like, that thing's cool. Where'd it come from? And then they share the story and then the energy goes to somebody else. And it's like this huge butterfly effect that kind of takes over the world. So I hope to kind of use our flow state and our, our happiness about that to spread that out into the world. Cause I think the world needs more of that every day. <laughs> has, has art always been your thing that like when you, ever since you can remember you start doing it and you just kind of like get lost in it. Um, I would say all of the arts. So not just visual art, but um, writing poetry for sure. Um, I started writing when I was five. So um, and performing for people when I was 12. And I just being on stage and performing music and poetry for people, I think is like the best way that I get into my my favorite flow state. Um, and I just kind of channel what I'm doing and what I'm saying and when I'm singing or whatever from, from somewhere else. Like I definitely am not thinking about what I'm doing and just taking the energy from the crowd and like internalizing it and then channeling what I'm going to do and putting it back out into the crowd. And, and that, that energy transfer is there is nothing like it. And so I don't know. I mean, for sure, music, poetry, visual art, performing. I'm all about that. <laughs> Do you, do you care what other people think of your art? Uh, do I care what other people think of my art? I mean, obviously, you know, anyone who creates anything wants to have some kind of reaction to it, you know, positive or negative, whatever. I mean, you want people to notice it, of course. Um, but I would say that in, in more ways than, than one, a lot of typical capital A artists tend to not be their biggest fan and, they just make art for the sake of making art. And if other people like it, cool, but they kind of rely on other people noticing what they're doing and picking it up. And they're, most artists are not very good at self-promotion. Um, and for me, sharing of my art is so much more fun than just creating it. You know, like I, I love it if my customers you like take a video of opening the box and I get to see their reaction to what, what we've made for them. And you know, I totally thrive on that. So yeah, I mean, I definitely want, <laughs> I want people to like my art for sure, but, um, I don't make it for the sole purpose of, I know someone's going to love this. It's like, I put my love into it and I know they're going to love it. And so I don't, I don't know. I don't really need to be like convinced of somebody else's opinion of my art. I think as long as, especially for people who really like singing, even if they kind of suck, like you should do it anyway. And don't let anybody like tear you down on that because, um, I think first and foremost, everyone who is an artist of some type should make art because it makes them feel good. And it, it changes the world when, when people get to, to be that way. And 
I don't know. I think that. No, I, <laughs> I love think it. That's kind of my my mo. Yeah, that was just curious because I know a lot of you know not maybe not a lot of but there's some artists that I've talked to in the past that are like I just do it because I like the process and then once it's over it's like whatever. But mm-hmm. I like that attachment to, you know, making that impact and wanting people to love it. And, you know, you love the process, but you also want to make the world a better place. And I think that's what's important. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that in this crazy digital world where it's so hard for people to connect with each other and because there's so much email and texting and whatever that face-to-face communication has just decline so much that I think there's a lot of people who feel really awkward now when you're trying to have a face-to-face conversation with somebody. And, and, um, it also makes people really dulled to their emotions. And so like we were saying earlier, like, yes, I typically, I'm a really happy person, but, um, there are times in life where you're not happy and crappy things do happen. And I think that having some way to connect with people, in a way that conveys emotion um, is really, really important. So a lot of the really special things that we make here um, are for people who are grieving of some type and, or to celebrate with someone you can't be with. And, and I just, I like kind of being that conduit for, you know, a customer will call us up and say, Hey, you know, my, especially during COVID for sure, where so many people can't literally can't go see their loved ones. Um, and people who are having teeny tiny weddings and they're like, Oh, I really want, you know, my uncle to come, but can't. So what do we do? And the uncle calls me up and says, Hey, I got to send a wedding gift. What should we do? And I talk to them for 10, 15 minutes and kind of figure out what special things that they have in common and what things that they do together and what kind of symbols bring apart, bring together their relationship. And then I figure out a way to take that symbol and make it come to life. And so recently, um, I had a customer whose um, whose niece was getting married, and she her mother had passed away, and their ashes her ashes were underneath a flowering dogwood tree. And I said, "Well, what a great way to let her know that not only you're thinking of her and that you're with her, but that her mom is with her. Why don't we make her a little dogwood tree and send it to her as a wedding gift?" And he's like, "Oh, that's so great! Let's do that." I, I got it already. I put it in the mail and he's like, yeah, we just had a zoom call with her where she's talking about her wedding and guess what? They're going to get married under the tree. Ah, what? That's so, cool. <laughs> so, I mean, we do stuff like that, that just like lets people really, really connect in such a unique and personal way that the person opens the box and it's like, holy crap. Like the, not only is the energy there, but like this person is here with me. And I just think that's so important. That is, that's awesome. That's a great story too, by the way, that connection is so awesome. But Jonna, thank you so much for being here. Um, I, I can't wait to pick this conversation up on the next episode because you've come, promised to come back for round two and there's some exciting <laughs> things that we need to talk about still. Yes. So I want to remind people that they can visit you in the meantime at papercraftmiracles.com. Go there, check out everything you're doing. Um, really cool pieces with paper and all of your different projects that you're up to and your your podcast. They can uh, subscribe and check it out and hear you on the regular so i want to encourage people to do that so thanks so much for being here and i look forward to picking it up on the next show awesome thanks for having me 
Hey everyone, I want to sincerely thank you for listening to the podcast. It really means a lot to me. Conversations are what I thrive on. It's something that I believe is so important for each and every one of us to have conversations that matter, to have conversations that connect us, to create relationships with each other. So the conversation that I have with the guests that are on the show, the conversations that the guests and I create to have with you are equally important and a great way for you to have conversations with us is to rate and review the podcast. So if you could go to Apple Podcasts, go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate and review this, it is much appreciated. And you can always find us at MediaMario.com. If you go to MediaMario.com, you can find all the things there. If you want to connect with the guests that I had on today or guests that I've had on the show in the past, you can go to MediaMario.com and get their information. If you want to connect with me and have a conversation with me, I welcome that. All my social links everywhere that you can find me all over the web is at MediaMario.com. So go there, visit us, connect with us. I'd love to have conversations with you. I hope you found value in today's show, and I can't wait to bring you the next conversation on the next episode of The Conversation Guy. Until then, have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you real soon.